Lund, coast to coast, peanut butter and toast. Probing in the lane, fading away, whoopsie doo, don't mind if I do. In transition, denied by Hoyling. DeCam says, give me that, a pick two for Northwestern. Spot of three on the way, bang for Noah and the Erickson center erupts. Spread the love around, corner, pocket, cash for Lund. Today is somewhat of a sad day. You know why, Ryan? Uh, you got to give me more of a hint than that. Travel partner Saturday is over. We had two different times where we got, I don't know, I get emotional about this because it's the one time of year we get to see the teams that travel together, play and square off, and now we don't have that anymore. On the bright side, we get full slates the rest of the way. So I guess we got that to look forward to. This is the Unlike Any Other, the UMAC podcast. Wymerell, Ryan Mitchell, thank you for tuning in. And we are officially on the home stretch, I'll say. As we head into the February frenzy this upcoming weekend, we're going to have full slates as we work our way towards the conference tournaments. But before we can get into that, dive into what lies ahead. We have some recapping to do, Ryan, and some games to go over from this past weekend. We had seven total, three on the women's side because the Superior Northland game was once again postponed. And then on the men's side, it was A full four games, only on Saturday, because like I said, it was a travel partner Saturday again where uh, you only have the one game, but not not a ton to recap. I think we'll start on the women's side and just dive into it. Really only one game that ended up being that compelling, so we'll save that for last. Uh, Like I said, Superior Northland uh, was postponed, and I would assume we would both keep our picks and say Superior is going to win that game, so there's not really a ton to talk about there with that. Why not start? In New Ulm, where the Knights kind of, in a way, stun Bethany. Maybe they don't view it that way, Ryan, but your Knights get a 72-59 to win over the Vikings. That's a game that could potentially uh, loom large for the Vikings as we head into the February frenzy. Three in a row for Martin Luther, Wyatt. Yeah, they're not out of this thing. They're in position. They're They're in position to be in position, as my guy John Rothstein likes to to say. They've won two out of their last three UMAC contests. They've won three out of their last five UMAC contests, if anyone's counting, which obviously we are. Crown, Northland, and Bethany are the three teams that they've beaten. And they're giving themselves a chance down the stretch, Wyatt, because to finish out this season, they have four of their final six UMAC games in New Ulm. So is it going to be easy? No, not by any stretch of the imagination, but they definitely have a chance. And, I mean... I think you could say it was definitely eyebrow-raising, Wyatt, not just that they won. We knew they had the capabilities to win, so it's not a downright shocker. But it's at least eyebrow-raising because it was by double digits. They didn't just go mm. win in this ball game. excuse me, on Saturday against Martin Luther. They did it pretty convincingly uh, against Bethany, I should say. My apologies. At home, in their home gym. Great start for them. They led by three at recess and then really closed strong in the fourth quarter to pull away and just a balanced effort, Wyatt. I mean, we could give a lot of shout-outs, but you got five players in double figures. How many mm-hmm. times has MLC been able to say that over the last few years? All five starters, Heckendorf, Paulson, Nelson, Kieselhorst, and Fight, all in double figures. I mean, that's 
that's job well done, overcoming 22 turnovers because they were plus seven wide. I don't know if you've looked at the Bethany box score, 29 turnovers. Yeah, That's going to be tough to win on the road when you do that. Yeah, two thoughts on this game. One, you already touched on it. The 29 turnovers is just incredible, obviously way too high. And then they only shot 21 of 64. So in a lot of ways, Ryan, you could say Bethany probably couldn't have played much worse in this game when you look at the box score. The other thing that's really telling to me, like you said, Martin Luther, extremely balanced, five different players in double figures. I mean, the reality is this team has ballers. They can ball, they can play, and they have shown that and proven their worth here this season it's always telling to me when a team wins every single quarter and that's exactly what the Knights did winning the first second third and fourth quarters in this game slowly pulling away a huge win for them at home and like I said they're very much in this thing as you look at the conference standings they sit three and five two games back from a playoff spot but certainly within reach to maybe make some noise if they can keep winning some games so congrats to the Knights on that one uh, like I said, uh, that that wasn't necessarily that compelling. I think going into the weekend, we thought it would be a close one. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was that one of the games where you said I expected to be within five or seven? I mean, I can't keep them straight. I th- I would uh, like to say that I said that. I think I did, but I can't guarantee that because it just feels like so long ago. I can't even say no, that I get confidence. It. But <laughs> I get it. We we consume a lot of games, and there's a lot going on. So yeah. Uh, how about this before our next game? I'm just going to flat out ask the question. Is Minnesota Morris the team to beat on the women's side this year? With their 71-39 to win over Crown, they're now 7-1 and in UMAC play. They control their own destiny to have home court advantage throughout the conference tournament. Is Minnesota Morris the team to beat? Yeah, Wyatt, that's, that's tough for me to say because their only loss is against UW-Superior and the Jackets beat them by 18 points. Sure. Superior is also at just one loss so far this year. So... The jury is still out is basically what you're saying? Yeah. I I mean, if you told me who's playing the best basketball right now in the UMAC, who's the hottest team right now, yeah, I for sure would say Minnesota Morris with the way they're playing. So they definitely have to like the way they are trending heading into February. Anything from this game you want to take away specifically? There's not much for me other than uh, just complete domination. Maddie Grove continues to help the fantasy squad out 29-7 yep. for her. How about Jaden Sandrell attempting 13 three-pointers? I mean, she was letting it fly on Saturday. Jay Quate is doing Jay Quate things. I mean, yeah, I don't really have a ton on this one unless you want to say anything. Tough for Crown. I mean, when Mackenzie Latsky doesn't make a single field goal and Crown can't get it going at all from deep at just 5 of 23, I mean, you have really next to no chance to win the ball game and tough for them after such an encouraging year last year where they were knocking on the door of a playoff spot. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of head scratching stuff for coach Tussler's club, but yeah, they ran into a really, really hot team. Morris has got it cooking right now. Yeah. I hate to say it. They've taken a step back this year though. It's been the same story for crown night in and night out. They just don't make enough shots. There's no consistency and a team that probably had a lot of aspirations and hope coming off of a strong year. Uh, unfortunately has in fact taken a step back this year so crown sits at one and seven now they're in that seven spot and you know what before we get into that game on the women's side that was compelling just to look at the standings like i said you got northland oh and seven they didn't get their game in so them and superior actually are one game behind everybody they'll make that game up at some point um superior six and one like i said Morris seven and one so they're technically alone at the top right now we had mentioned crown they're actually one and six uh, and then Martin Luther three and five, Bethany four and four, trailing behind. 
And then North Central and Northwestern, both 5-3, and three, Ryan, and they're both 5-3 and three now because of the result we saw on Saturday. I don't know if you got a chance to watch this one much, if you were keeping your eyes on it. What can you tell us about this game, your thoughts on the win for the Eagles? It was a crucial game for both teams in a lot of ways, and Northwestern gets a huge 62-58 to 58 win. Yeah, you always say we talk about the winners first, so we'll start there, Wyatt. I mean, for Northwestern, a much different look, obviously, than what we saw against North Central, excuse me, earlier on in the month on January the 6th where the Eagles just were, you know, all over North Central, for lack of a better term, 90-54, to never even in doubt in the second half. In transition, in half court, Rams defense couldn't stop them whatsoever. Offense a lot tougher to come by for Northwestern. I'm going to talk about North Central in a second. But for the Eagles, Wyatt, some things in the game of basketball and in sports you and I talk about, it's a mirage. Some things turn into a trend then. It is no longer a mirage. It is no longer random and happenstance. It is a fact that Ella Falk is a yeah. serious factor for Northwestern moving forward. The freshman, again in double figures. She was really the only one they could count on consistently in the opening half of this ball game. She ends the game 17 points and 20 minutes played off the bench. A couple of huge triples, 6 of 10 from the field. Now, Huge for Northwestern that they had to find other players to score because Lexi Hagen was in foul trouble. She wasn't feeling herself earlier on in the week, dealing with some sickness. I'm not sure exactly where she was at on Saturday, but she only played 20 minutes, Wyatt. A huge, huge three late, though. There was a sequence, I don't know if you saw it, where Taylor Shuck came up with a steal on an inbounds pass. I think the Eagles were up one at the time, I want to say. It was within a possession, I know. Eventually... So they just made a bucket. Shuck steals the inbounds where North Central was a little lackadaisical getting it in. And then the Eagles get a look from downtown top of the key for Hagen, and she drills it. So she only took four shots, only played 20 minutes, but three huge triples for Lexi. And then in the second half, it was Taylor Shuck maybe playing her best half of basketball, Wyatt, when the Eagles needed it most in her career as a junior. Okay, mm-hmm. 15 points, six steals, a huge yeah. factor on both ends of the floor. And for a Northwestern team overall – that honestly just wasn't that great. I mean, they got a couple of players to perform really, really well and made clutch plays down the stretch, and that's what you need to win some of these games on the road when you don't have your A stuff. They did enough, though, to come up with the win. All right, I want to go to North Central real quick. Huge credit to Coach Zabla and her staff. I mean, I'll take her words, what she said after the game. We gave Northwestern different looks. We tried to make it a much different game than what we had, obviously, earlier in the month um, in the Erickson Center a few weeks prior, and I think they did that. I mean, their defense in the half court at times reminded me the fits that Morris gave Northwestern the game before the prior Saturday. So big shout-out to North Central, and then down the stretch, they couldn't make enough plays. But, you know, Davenport with a few huge triples for them in this ball game, and they didn't have enough down the stretch. But if they're going to see the Eagles again in the postseason and once again meet them for the third time in the season, they got to have some confidence. And now for them, Wyatt, it really hurt. You talk about foul trouble, KVP again. We say it one more time. She was awesome in 20 minutes. She played 4-7 from the field, seven boards, but she only plays 20 minutes because she had four fouls. Mm -hmm. So... Foul trouble on both sides, a huge factor in this ball game. You had it with a few other players as well on NCU, and just not enough down the stretch, but that one's going to hurt. And at the same time, for Coach Zabla and her staff, I think they have to be encouraged moving forward that they're making progress should they see Northwestern again. Kaylin Ryan, seven points, eight turnovers. How about the job Northwestern did on her, bottling her up throughout the contest? I mean, that's an unbelievable stat line when you look at it. 
Joella tells, I mean, hey, she did what she could. Talso, 10 assists. I mean, she was dishing them out left and right. And then, yeah, like you said, I mean, if Vanderplug can stay on the court more, it could be a different ball game. Having her and Hoyla out there together certainly is uh, uh, impact for North Central and makes a difference. And then for Northwestern, you covered it. Ella Falk, that's the emerging storyline for them right now, the way she's been able to play and shoot the basketball. A much-needed win for Northwestern, like we said. Uh, they sit a tie in third place with North Central, but because they swept the uh, the Rams, excuse me, they own that tiebreaker moving forward, which is going to be huge uh, down the stretch here in the final six games. So, that is what we had on the women's side as far as the games went this weekend because, like we said, Superior Northland did not get a chance to play this weekend. Uh, they'll make up that game at another time. We will have a full slate in a preview pod that we'll get to later. Uh, you can uh, look for that one later this week. But, uh, yeah, any other final thoughts on the women's side, Ryan, before we hop over to the men's side? Who will threaten for the last playoff spot more, Wyatt, when you're talking about potentially trying to knock off a Northwestern or a North Central? Do you believe more in the Knights, who are 3-5 and right now, or Bethany, who has been a roller coaster ride? Some big wins, but some disappointing losses as well at 4-4. and Who do you believe in more heading into the Final Six? It's a great question, and it's going to probably annoy Knights fans that I'm going to say Bethany because they just beat Bethany. But like you said, They've been a roller coaster ride. When they're up, they are up. We saw that in their win against Northwestern. Uh, they're certainly capable of making some noise as this season goes along. They're also positioned better at four and four, so they're still a game above Martin Luther. So even though the Knights just beat the Vikings, I would say the Vikings are the biggest threat to those top four, if you will. Would you agree with that? I don't know, honestly. I mean, I'll go back to what you said, and I've said it so often, Wyatt. MLC has the personnel. Like yeah. you see no, it on do. days like Saturday where they win by double figures and they have their whole starting five play awesome. When they're playing in unison and they have good shot selection and they don't have those lulls that they've been prone to sometimes, they're tough to beat, I mean, for any team in this league. So I'm going to throw one more question at you with what you started with this. Do you believe, Wyatt, right now, hands down, Minnesota Morris is the best team in the UMAC, not just playing the best basketball, the hottest team, but you would say based on what we've seen this year, oh, yeah, Morris, right now at least, best team in the umac on both sides J- just well women's just the women's talking. side well yeah, on yeah. the women's side absolutely <laughs> yes. i i'm well it's it's worth just clarifying because i mean yes. if, then you start You're, getting into the specifics of which teams morris the best on ball. the men's side is not the best team sorry no no, no no but i thought you meant out of like the 16 teams oh which team is you. the hottest right now no 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 just women but Sorry. if it's just the women yeah it's more yeah, yeah. no question it probably is them regardless if you were to combine both but yeah the way they're playing right now uh pretty remarkable what coach grove's been able to do time and time again they play their best basketball uh once the calendar flips you would probably argue they're peaking too early though i suppose so i don't know well you know it's the age-old question why so right now i know the umac tournament's not taking place this week and thankfully we have more time to build to it but I will give you Morris or the field <laughs> on the take? women's side. Yeah. On the women's I side, I would yep. take the field and okay. you could ask me that question with superior. You could ask me that question with Northwestern. I would take the field. Yep. They're just too tight. And normally yep. in all those questions, you take the field. I Absolutely. You. Absolutely. Even though some people would take UConn over the field right now, but we're not talking. <laughs> well, I one. might take UConn over the field right now yeah, with just, the way they're playing, but sickening, but yeah. They're tough, man. They're tough. They are tough. I don't like them. I'm not saying I like them, but <laughs> you do got to respect what they've been able to do. Yes, I agree. Okay, so that's the women's side. Any notes on fantasy? I mean, it sounds like it was a monster day for a couple of reasons. I don't know if you want to take the lead on that or not. 
Well, you can gloat a little bit. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I, mean, I don't this need was to. In, this was embarrassing. So, you absolutely threw eggs at me on Saturday. This is not good. Massive day, like I said, for Maddie Grove. She goes for 39. Hoyla goes for 28. The addition of Hoyla, or, or just getting her back in the lineup, I should say, because I did draft her, has been huge. I mean, she's been so yeah. consistent, so big for me. And then, yeah, I mean, your number one pick conference player of the year, Lexi Hagen, we've seen her role not diminish, but the numbers that we're used to seeing her put up have seriously dropped the past weeks. And that's yep. got to be concerning for you. So to me, that's the biggest difference. I've pulled ahead at 968. You're at 900 even. So I've got a 68-point lead on you right now. But a lot can happen. There's a lot of games to be, be played still. Uh, yep. There's obviously a makeup game that still needs to happen. Uh, well, you got one. I got one. I mean, Bessonin yeah, could put so, a big number in that game. Yeah. Well, it's true. So, I mean, you're you're looking at that as a disadvantage to you, I guess, is Probably. what you're saying. See, I would, almost, sure. well, I would almost look at it the other way and say, what if they don't need her? You know what I mean? And they take well, her I out. Hope they keep, and then, I hope they keep first along the floor because I got her against Northland. So. Well, she'll get her rebounds, and, yeah, we'll you never, never know what's going to happen. But, anyways, I've taken the lead there on the women's side. Uh, we'll worry about predictions when we get to our preview pod later this week. We won't talk about that at all. But uh, let's get to the men's side here and recap the four games that took place. We talked about the TDW for the Bethany Lutheran Vikings against Martin Luther. They didn't quite get there, Ryan, 94, so they were six points short. But they handled the Knights on the road, 94 to 68. Hunter Nielsen, the all-time leading scorer in program history, goes off for 26 and 9. Double-double for Jax Madsen. Uh, Like we said, Bethany, when they play their best basketball, they're going to be tough to beat. There is one thing I notice about Bethany's box score, and I'm guessing you can Uh probably pick it up. Number one. Did not start the game sitting on the bench and taking it all in. He was thrown straight into the fire. (laughs) The fire on the road at Martin Luther? (laughs) It looks like he responded, Wyatt. I would say so. I mean, he went for 21. That's okay, right? Coach Garvin, though, come on. We were calling him the Lou Williams or the UMAC, the well, best sixth man we've ever seen, and now we can't see that. I, say that anymore. I guess that goes back to uh, <laughs> Carter Bainey. He still has that for now, so he's probably yeah, happy, con- I guess. Congratulations, Carter. You're back in the conversation. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, yeah, I mean, Bethany rolled in this game. I, I, They're the best right now. To me, I would take them over the field. You asked that question just moments ago on the women's side. Yeah. I would take Bethany over the field on the men's side. I agree. I mean, just look at it, Wyatt. How they even rebound at the guard position. I mean, you got Sagadol starting, and he's getting eight rebounds in just 21 minutes. And then he's done this a few times this year, Jax Madsen, against all sorts of different kinds of competition for Bethany, both in the non-con and UMAC play. Just huge on the glass. I mean, he leads them in assists and rebounds. My guy, 18, 10, and 5 for Jax in this ballgame. I'm going to do the one or the field question for you again, Wyatt. With this performance... Added on top of what you were talking about last week, talking about the player of the year race. Yeah. You can take Hunter Nielsen or the field. Who are you taking? Careful. Ah, Careful so much so much can happen in six games and three weeks, but, I mean, it's got to be Nielsen. Uh, and not just at this point, but, yeah, if I had to say at the end of the year who's going to win it, I would take him. Just And, again, we'll get to the standings, too, at the end, but with the way Bethany has separated themselves and with the numbers that he has put up, it's one thing if, like, a Cade Carroll or a guy just puts the team on his back like Paul Dack and and wills his team close to a conference title or something. But there's nobody near Bethany right now, and Nielsen is still putting up great numbers. So I think he is going to win it. 
Fair enough. I won't ask you to add anything more. I won't I, go back to what we talked about with Geisfeld and the campaigning that Bethany was trying to do to <laughs> Corey Borkhardt in the UMAC commissioner's office. Now, but Bethany, start the campaigning. Try to get a big man the MVP on the men's side, which hasn't happened in a while. It's probably only fair that you answer that question, too. <sighs> yeah, right now I would take I would take Hunter. You know me. Okay. I, I want to see a big guy win it just because I feel do. like we need to throw it back a little bit, and there are still Tim Duncans of the world who need respect. I agree. Tim Duncan. I love when you bring Tim Duncan up because I always think, what is Tim Duncan doing now? Nobody well, knows. Well, he, uh, he was coaching somewhere doing something. I don't remember what it was. But he's grown out his hair, which is the most It's a little goofy looking. Yeah. yeah. No, it yeah. is. Nielsen maybe doesn't have quite the you know 12-foot bank shot pull-up game that Duncan has, but I won't get into a full comparison to those two. Hunter is very fun to watch and uh, something we need more of in college basketball. All right, so from the favorite to another contender on the men's side, Superior took care of Northland on Saturday. And, yeah, it wasn't really much of a question from the get-go. They started fast. They led by 13 at half. They win this one by 15, 74-59. Any thoughts on this one um, before we kind of move along to two games that were very compelling? No, I mean, they... They did what they should in this ball game, like you said. And, you know, Northland, I don't know if a win is going to come, but obviously it didn't come in that spot. And, uh, yeah, Superior did what they had to. Is that all going to go at some point? Uh, you've been calling for it, saying it's going to happen well, at some point. They, I don't I, know. I fear they may have missed their opportunities. They got one more against Martin Luther, even though the Knights had their number the first time. So I'm not guaranteeing at all. Knights fans, don't hear me say that. You know I've been backing you. You know you got to remember why it picked Northland to beat you guys. I, I well, stuck with you, so don't don't start hating on me. I'm just saying you got to play Northland again. That is probably the game. If they're going to get one, it's going to happen there. But, yeah, they are such a bizarre team to try and figure out. And Yeah. Yeah, we'll see if that O does go at some point. But, anyway, Superior wins. They cruise in that one. How about... We go over to Clark Danielson Gymnasium. That's how you say it, right? I don't, you know, yeah. you always, you always Clark say Clark Danielson, it. downtown and, you. Yeah, and then I, I question myself, and I wonder, I don't want to say it wrong and sound stupid. but Be confident. Uh, well, I'll tell you who was confident was this Eagles offense. What yeah. a performance to put up 93 against a gritty, hard-nosed defensive team in North Central. They did who not embarrassed have, you three yeah, weeks Yeah, they ago. embarrassed you. You didn't have much success against them the first time. They overcome a second-half deficit. They win this game. They close it out. What a win for Northwestern, keeping their playoff hopes alive for the time being. So, Wyatt, before we get into recapping this game, you know how when talking about Northwestern, we kind of went on that side tangent talking about treading water? Do you remember this conversation last yes, week? Yes, I do. And how long and we could tread 10 water Ten minutes for? or something, yeah. So did you see the inbox, or can I read this for you? Read it off. I actually haven't, which is better because now I get the live reaction as we're recording. Yeah, and, and people believe Wyatt. He actually hasn't read it. So this I haven't. Is not, no, this I is have not. not. We did not have a pre-show meeting to set this up. So uh, is it thorough or thorough, Mr. Oh, Bennett? BT. Thoreau? BT. I think it's thorough, but uh, to be honest, we just always <laughs> call them BT. So I, I don't know. All right, I will leave it at BT, and BT, I'll say it in your words. All I know is I can tread longer than Wyatt. So that's his that comment to end not the conversation. True. There's no way. <laughs> I, there is no way. How do it's you funny. know? You, you admitted last week you haven't done it since you were a younger kid, which is how most hey, people would be. I'll take my chances. I say we make it happen, all right? You let me know where and when, and we'll, and we'll tread water, and we'll see what happens. 
And you Instagram know he's probably, live it or something. He's probably listening, obviously. He will he at was some point. Last time. No, yeah. absolutely. He will. It's good to hear from him, though. I wish he would have chimed in more. I mean, I haven't talked to him in a long time, but. There's still time. I, uh, that is a bold claim. I tell you what, I, uh, I take offense to that. Do you want to tell people who are listening who have no idea who he is, why, why you two are connected, or should we just He's BT. On? He's a, uh, well, he's, he's buddies with Jalen Suggs and Chet Holmgren because he went to Minnehaha. Wow, and, is that uh, what he's most well known for? Wow. Well, he, yeah. I'm, I mean, that's, I'm buddies with Jalen and Chet. <laughs> yeah, he's buddies with Jalen and Chet. No, he pitched at Northwestern when I was in school. Um, I believe it was just the one year, but to be honest, Ryan, my memory is so bad now. I can't even remember uh, when I was at Northwestern. I, I don't remember a whole lot, but he was on the team when we made that run in the regional. And, um, yeah, as far as what he's doing now, I have no idea. Like I said, I haven't talked to him in a while, but uh, good guy, BT. Appreciate you, man. All right, moving on. And if anyone uh, would like to send us in any comments in the future, we got that in our inbox, and the inbox is always open for anything. <laughs> UAO, the UMAC. At gmail.com. All right, the game itself, White. Did you ask a question or did I just tangent? What were we talking about? Northwestern, North Central, I said they keep their playoff hopes alive for the time being, which is an accurate statement. This was a must win for Northwestern, and they got it. Yes, they absolutely did. They are still treading water. It's still not comfortable. They are still out in the deep end right now, and their head is above water. So the good news is they still have a little bit left in the tank, and we'll see how much further along it goes. But just from a game-wide, because I know you saw the last few minutes of this ball game, the tight finish down the stretch, calling plays out of the timeouts, trying to get good looks for both sides. I mean, how would you rate this game as far as what we want to see in the UMAC with the crosstown rivalry, packed gym. So you know me, White. I've, I've said a few times in the past, we don't have enough people packed into that gym. Good number of Northwestern fans, North Central fans. We're loud and proud, though, as well. So, you know, golf clap. Yeah, give them golf, a golf clap, clap. Big Finger time snaps, to, yeah. to, to that atmosphere on Saturday afternoon into Saturday evening for both games in downtown Minneapolis. Job well done to all involved. But that being said, White, scale of 1 to 10 for how this game played out in a game that both clubs obviously really wanted and what we love to see in late January in the UMAC, how would you rate this ballgame? It's a little too high scoring for me in a way. Mm, Um, You know, if we're down in the... You're a purist. If we're in the 70s, to me, that's like the perfect game where you're, you're making tough shots, the defense is doing enough... It's physical. You have flashes and runs, and yeah, it's it's high energy. We had a lot of that. Uh, I'd say it's a seven point seven. Okay, I like very the very very good basketball game. North Central had a great look at the end of this game to tie it, and uh, one of the McNeils, and I still can't remember which one, could not connect on it keep, from keep the rambling corner. and i'll get the answer for you sure he had a good look from the corner just did not get it to go it's a great play that coach becker runs it's where you drive the guy down the right wing and then you set a flare screen on the back side and you toss it into the corner and uh, it always seems to work they always get a good look but they just couldn't get the shot to go northwestern hangs on they hit their free throws down the stretch very good at the line in this game when they needed to be not necessarily throughout the entirety of the contest but they did make them when it mattered and northwestern gets this win which mcneil was it so actually according to the play-by-play looking back and again this sometimes can be wrong but shout out to carmelo mcneil he hit the jump shot to put him up by one with 90 ticks to go but then northwestern was up by three and that's when beth um bethany sorry north central coach becker called timeout with 47 seconds left it says here that this ball was set up for Jack Cornea, who missed a three ball with 33 seconds left. That's not the right one. Keep going. Um, 
Oh, thank you. Sorry, sorry. I wasn't scrolling Right enough. at the end. You are correct. Right, you are right, correct. Right towards the end. Yes. So this was out of timeout two, and this ball was missed with four seconds left by Carrington McNeil down 92-89. Then they had to foul, and Northwestern was able to win the ball game. But, yeah, two, two missed threes. Out of timeouts. Well, they uh, they missed plenty of threes in this game. They were six that of thirty-four. Theme, that's that's yeah. not gonna. I mean, it's amazing they were able to score as much as they did, considering yep. they shot six of thirty-four from deep. Offensive rebounds in the second half were a big reason. The second chances they had. I mean, Northwestern. It was painful in stretches where they could not clear the defensive glass. I mean, lawn rebound after lawn rebound. You give credit to North Central for not giving up on the possession. But anyway, as you were saying. I don't. I, that was really all I had. I mean, I was saying they were six of thirty-four from deep. They had their chance at the end to maybe win this one, but you just got to give Northwestern a lot of credit. Welcome back to the spotlight, Henry Fonbula, going for twenty-two on ten of twelve shooting, and a really balanced efforts. Six guys in double figures. That's that's what you want to see if you're Coach Gross. Everybody chipping in. This isn't going to be a one or two man wrecking crew. If they want to do things and go places, everybody's got to contribute. And they got that from their team. One last note, Parker Bainey suffered an injury in this game, and it doesn't sound promising as of right now. Not sure if he's going to be able to return at some point this season or not, so we'll have to monitor that and keep an eye on it. But uh, that'd be a big loss for the Eagles. That'd be the one uh, tough thing to take away from this game if you're an Eagles fan. Yeah, hate to see it. It hurts the Eagles' depth moving forward, and obviously, you know, more importantly, you hope that it's nothing too serious for Parker personally and that it's um, not too tough of a recovery for him moving forward. But, yeah, other guys stepped up. I mean, Kelton had a big three for Northwestern, and he fouls out too. And I, I just watching this game wide down the stretch, I don't know if you thought the same thing. I thought, like, the Eagles got to steal this thing now. Like, I feel like yeah. if this goes into overtime – not that the Rams didn't have foul trouble as well. I mean, their leading scorer, Nick Feller, who was getting shots up left and right early in this ballgame with 22, he had fouled out. Senior captain Tanner Holtman had also fouled out. So it's not like, you know, North Central didn't have any foul trouble either. But it just felt like Northwestern needed to take that thing in regulation. They were able to do so. I totally echo what you said. I mean, it's about time for Henry. His best game in the UMAC by a lot. I mean, you and I have said multiple times, just not looking like himself. Not only him but there was another big in the UMAC on Saturday who has not been himself most of the season who got back to being himself who we're going to talk about in a little bit but Fambula obviously one of them and for Northwestern a welcome site Wyatt plus three in the assist to turnover category Micah Posternich doesn't pop up the stat sheet but he plays more than any other guy does a senior on this team stays on the floor 34 minutes 11.6 assists they needed him to set up some guys in a few different spots and I mean, we talk about, you know, on the woman's side, what Falk has been for Northwestern Wyatt. How about A.J. Kohler? I mean, again and again, limited minutes in double figures once more, 14 points in 11 minutes. Well-rounded performance for Northwestern when they needed it down the stretch. Hurts for North Central, but, you know, they're still in a good spot at 5-3. and three. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It'll be very fun to watch this race play out. Morris is obviously... Uh, right in the mix, Northwestern is still not eliminated. Northland at 0-8, and I would say Martin Luther at 2-6. and Even the Knights maybe technically aren't out of it, but it's going to be a long shot for them. Otherwise, the other six, I think, are all very much uh, in the picture, and I would say Bethany is basically a lock at this point. Three games up on everybody that's behind them. One last game to get to here, Ryan, and it was the game of the day out west in St. Bonifacius. The whack. 
Well, no, it wasn't. See, I'm looking at it wrong. It was at Morris. I was going to say, I've, yep. I've yep, even you know. watched I've watched the last minutes of this game, so I don't know why I said that. But You just love talking about the whack. It's okay. I do enjoy the whack. I enjoy saying the whack, too. Um, maybe a bit of a surprise. Minnesota Morris pulls it out, and they beat and stun the crown puller 61-58 to on a game-winning triple by, of all people, Jace Nelson. Obviously, the freshman who's largely had, been coming off the bench and hasn't been playing a lot. Had, obviously, it would had, be Jace Nelson to make that shot. Had attempted two shots the entire game. Hadn't <laughs> attempted a three. He did play 24 minutes, so, I mean, he was out there quite yep. a bit, and he's a part of the regular rotation. But, my goodness, what a win for Morris. What a moment to knock down that shot. I've told this to you off the mic, but my favorite part of that is watching Coach Grove's reaction. The ball goes up. His arms are crossed. He's looking at it. It goes in. Everybody starts to run around. They're excited. He's just still in the same pose, arms crossed, didn't even flinch, had no reaction whatsoever. Morris gets the win. What a game. What are your thoughts? Yeah, what a moment. I mean, you love to see that. If you haven't seen the shot um, and you're listening to this, you can head to our Twitter at UAO, the UMAC, and uh, you can find it on um, our page there if you scroll. So, uh, you know, awesome moment. Like I said a moment ago, and it was cool Wyatt, to see on the Cougar Sports Network after the game. I happened to see this live down the stretch till the last few minutes, and then after the game they talked with Coach Grove, and he said, you know, in the huddle, we said, obviously, the plan, because they had uh, eight seconds inbounding it right in front of their bench, so they're in the front court. Get the ball to Paul Dak and say, go to the rim, at, you know, as you should with a guy like him, and there's no shocker there to crown anyone in the gym or anyone in the UMAC. The whole world knows it's going to number three in whites, okay? So he takes it to the rim. And he said, you know, we even said in the huddle, it's going to maybe take three guys to stop you, Paul. So even if two guys are on you, like (laughs) try to go up, get fouled, do something with it. Three guys literally swarm him, okay? He turns and kicks it. And it's not like Jace Nelson was, all right, step into it, one step outside of the three-point line. He's he's three, four steps outside of the three-point line. And they interviewed him after the game as well. And he said, well, the one thing I knew, as soon as I caught that ball, I had to get up immediately. And you could tell it why. Not, Not a great you know, aesthetically pleasing looking follow through and shot, but Hey, he got it up in time. The thing was absolute water. Pure as peers can be. They checked at the scores table. I think they put like 0.7 or 0.8 back on the clock and, you know, crown tried to heave it down the other way and it didn't work. But for Morris Wyatt, you and I were talking about this earlier. I talked about Trender Mirage earlier. It was maybe just random and a mirage and a few offenses that have had a cold night against Morris. It's now a trend. Yeah, They can play some serious defense in Morris when they want to. This Cougar club at home, on the road. I mean, look at what they did against Bethany in that gym where they almost won that ball game. We're right in it going down the stretch and just lost by a few possessions. What they did against Crown in St. Bonifacius back on the 6th, they lost 64-56, but you hold down that offense pretty well. And then what they did in this ball game, Wyatt. I mean, doing what they did to hold down the frontline scoring of the Polars, who we'll talk about in a moment, to give themselves a chance to win in a game where, you know, nothing screams at you. They only made two triples, weren't good at all from the free throw line. Coach Grove talked about that after the game, said we need to be better there at 11-21. And your main ball handler, Paul Dak, turned it over seven times. Yet you still found a way, Wyatt. And you know, before I'm done talking about Morris, I'm going to mention the guy I alluded to a moment ago. We saw a sighting of number 24 for Northwestern in purple, Henry Fombolo, when the Eagles sure needed it. Mm-hmm. Well, Morris needed it from their big man, from a guy I've been calling out, saying he knows he's got to be better. 
in Ryan's locker room for my squad, looking around the horn and saying, some of you guys got to step up. Some of you aren't carrying your weight. Kenny was one of them, and he showed up. Best game he's played of the season, period, in this moment when they needed it. 17-7 and for Mr. Placide, a couple of blocks as well. And he just looked like he had more of a motor. And after the game, they're talking about, I don't know if he's been dealing with a sickness, a virus, just injured, a couple of different factors. I don't know what it was, but it's great to see Kenny back, one of the better players in this league, when he's got his motor going on both sides of the floor. And so that was a huge part why they won. And now even he couldn't slow down Wyatt, the best scorer for the Polars, your guy Buckner. How different would have this game looked down the stretch if they had 23 and purple on the floor? No, absolutely. He was a guy that was consistent for him. He was really the only one that was ready. I I don't want to say ready to go. I'm sure they were ready to play, but he was the only one that was finding a way to get it done on uh, 7 of 15, 8 of 10 at the line. He he goes for a double-double. So, yeah, absolutely. If he could have stayed in, it would have made a huge difference in this one. But, hey, rules are rules, Ryan. You pick up five, you're out, and that's what happens. So uh, he, he hurt his team in that regard, and... Uh, they missed some shots, missed some opportunities. It was a tough day of three of just 25 from deep. So congrats to Morris. Huge win for the Cougars. And uh, it sets up a very interesting race now because, like I said, Bethany's pulled away at 8-0, but then you've got Superior, Crown, and North Central all 5-3. and three. Morris is a game back at 4-4, four and four, Northwestern at 3-5, and five, and then, like I said, Martin Luther 2-6, and six, Northland 0-8. It's important to note, Ryan, if you split with any teams, the tie-breaking procedure in the UMAC is record against teams that finish above you in the standings. Look at you. Well, you know this. I mean, we've talked about it before on this pod. Don't act like I, I did a bunch of research on this. We're, we're well aware of how it works. If you can steal a win against Bethany... Or for the teams like Morris, Northwestern, you know, who are a game or two back from the teams in front, if you can steal a game against them or something, that could make all the difference. Yep. That's that's what it comes down to. So a lot of compelling games with how interesting this race is getting. It's going to be a very fun February. It's called the February Frenzy for a reason. People are talking about it. Left and right. I mean, maybe I not yet because we're not. I'm getting yet, people but... to talk about it. We're, we're spreading Good. the news and making sure people are aware of what's going on. So that's where we sit as far as the men's side goes very quickly on the fantasy side of things. I actually pulled ahead of you as well on the men's side. So I'm, I'm sitting at 1,247, 1247, and you're at 1232. So you're only 15 points back. Yeah. But Parker Bainey, like I said, got injured. And we're at the point in the season now where that's just going to have to stand. I'm not going to feel right about taking somebody else. So you've got that going for you. I also think with the guys I have now that Sagadol's back, I might be able to beat you anyways. I was going to say, I I gave you a bone. I I let you take Tanner Holtman, and we said when we get to the second half, it's done. So if if Bainey had been hurt a game sooner, this would maybe be a conversation. We we hope he is back, but, you know, as you mentioned, it wasn't looking great for him. So, yeah, it'll be tight down the stretch. We'll see. What a Saturday, Wyatt. I mean, you have put up 185-plus, and people don't know how these are all tabulated together, but that's a big number. You've put up 188 and 191 the last two weeks, and I mean, or you know, last two games. That was last Saturday, just a single day, and then this past weekend, just the one day at 191. But 191 to 184, there were some big performances this last week, and uh, your your club answering the bell. Job well done. How do you feel confidence-wise about where you're sitting? I like where I'm at. If I get the Kenny Placide and Henry Fambula that we saw this past Saturday, I really like my chances because I feel like we still got a couple big ones in the likes of Cade Carroll, Caleb Hoyleen, Mason Ackley, Joseph Fahrenholtz. And then don't forget, the guy who has stepped up for me big time, my last pick, Jax Madsen, I mean, 
he's a warrior. He's not going to be hurt the rest of the year. He's just a glue guy. He's going to put up tons of points for Bethany, rebounds, assists, you name it. And then you got J-Peth Naimari back in the lineup for me too. So injuries and how close you're playing to 100% has obviously swayed this thing a lot left and right, and we just hope all the best players in the league are healthy down the stretch and putting up big numbers, and we will let the chips fall as they may. So there you go. There's our recap from the last Travel Partner Saturday this year in the UMAC. And again, the standings, very, very interesting on both sides as they start to heat up a full slate coming our way this upcoming weekend as we kick off the February frenzy. If you have any questions for us, comments, you can chime in like BT did, I guess, and challenge me at treading water, or maybe it's a different sport. You want to play ping pong or something? I don't know. Whatever you got to say, <laughs> let us know. It's UAOTheUMAC at gmail.com. That's UAOTheUMAC at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter or X and uh, just look up, unlike any other, the UMAC, you'll find us on there as well. And uh, we take all sorts of feedback, tidbits, notes, anything you want to provide but that is where we're at at this stage of the season it is really starting to heat up as we hit our final six games of umac basketball so with that we hope everybody has a great night great morning great evening wherever you're listening however you're listening thank you for your support kick back relax and enjoy what is to come this is the unlike any other the umac podcast